Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. This is Bob Mendelson, and this is the Bob's Your Uncle podcast. Today we speak about families, what it means to belong to a family, and what does the phrase walking away from God mean? We hear about an eight-year-old boy who felt really clean. What caused that to happen? You will meet a longtime friend, Curtis Wright. Stay tuned. Thanks for joining me for this Bob's Your Uncle podcast, Season 1, Episode 7. Of note, the opinions are strictly my own and those of any of my guests. You can now find us and comment to us wherever you get your podcasts. Spotify, Apple iTunes, the list goes on. We have a lot of topics to discuss, and even so, on the Bob's Your Uncle podcast, you are part of the show. We do want to see and hear you. Send us a message on Facebook or Instagram. In the weeks to come, we'll speak about country music and pickleball, Israel, Iran, wars and rumors of wars, maybe even 12 steps. Let's see where the spirit takes us. Amanda McInnes is both my travel agent and the sponsor of this podcast. And it will help if you book your next trip with her, including hotel and flights and all things tourist. Good morning, Amanda. Let me ask, is there a benefit of booking directly with you as opposed to, say, an online travel agent? Because they seem to have and advertise cheaper prices. Good morning, Bob, and great question. I think the biggest difference is having a point of contact. And I know many people who have booked with an online agency and then never been able to get in contact with them again, which is pretty scary considering how unpredictable travel can be. I've also found that a lot of the OTAs have misleading price points. And most recently, I found one where the price was advertised less than the airline direct price. But when I looked at the T's and C's, the online travel agency was looking to charge you to add in meal or seat requests. They had a $50 fee if you wanted to be able to speak to them directly. And then there were a whole bunch of different charges for things like change and cancellation to the tune of over $1,500. And that would only get you up to 90% of your original funds back. It was pretty ridiculous. So um, I think it's definitely booking with a human who knows the, the fair rules and is looking to provide you with the service as well. Within Australia, it's pretty regulated here, um, but a lot of these OTAs as well, they're based overseas. So the rules and uh, regulations of Australia don't necessarily apply. One of the other big ones is that you might find in the T's and C's is you might go to book a price and a travel agent or the airline direct might say it's not available. So you may still end up having to pay the full price. Oh, I'm glad for for your participation as sponsor of the Bob's Your Uncle podcast and for your participation as my travel agent. I've needed you and we're going to keep going, you know, for a long time. How can people reach you besides going, calling me and saying, how do I get Amanda? My email, which is amanda.mckinnis at travelpartners.com.au. Amanda, thanks so much. I hope you have a blessed day. A great trip, may it be both to and from North America, and we'll see each other on the rebound soon. Historical marker of the week. 
On this date in history, 12th of April, two things are of note. In 1861, the American Civil War began with the bombardment of Fort Sumter near Charleston, South Carolina. This was the shot heard round the world. It's odd to call a war civil. One hundred years later, 1961, Yuri Gagarin became the first human in space. The Soviet cosmonaut orbited the Earth aboard the Vostok 3KA spacecraft. The first human spaceflight took 108 minutes from launch to landing, and that's the historical marker of the week. Today, we welcome to the podcast Curtis Wright, a father, grandfather, husband, former basketball coach, a pastor, and my longtime friend. We met in the 1970s in Kansas, and Curtis still lives here in a little country town named Wellsville with his wife and surrounded by family and friends. What is it about Kansas that you especially appreciate? Um, I don't know. I guess it's all, it's all I know. Um, I think it's just a good place, you know, just the family values, a good place to raise your family. I love the name Wellsville, and now it's probably related to water shortages, but I like it because it says, this is a place where you can feel well. (laughs) It's the city of wellness. I don't know. I love that. Now, you were involved in the rec center. You were like uh, in charge, and you had lots of responsibilities. What prompted your involvement there? I was coaching uh, some of our boys uh, through the recreation program. Um, they did not have a full-time director at the time since I had been coaching our boys in the various programs. They approached me, uh, and I got to be honest, at the time, uh, I just thought it would be a good opportunity to, uh, for some extra income. Uh, at that time, we had five kids. They were obviously all still at home, uh, a lot of demands uh, on us financially. Uh, when you think about it, uh, uh, most people, when they move to a new community, one of the first things that they look for is participation for their kids in extracurricular activities. And so I was the point person for that. And so it, it gave me the opportunity to meet new families that were moving to the community. And, uh, and so actually God used it to uh, give me that platform for ministry. You use the name God in regular conversation. You say you're a pastor, so you've, you've got this religious occupational reality that you have to use. Yeah, I guess I've got to represent God nine to five, maybe even on Bob's Your Uncle podcast. But what you didn't always think about God that way. He wasn't normal in your life, was he? No, um, my, my faith journey uh, is probably not unlike a lot of people's. I did uh, accept Christ as uh, I was either second or third grade as a little boy as my Lord and Savior. Uh, not sure exactly what all that meant at the time, but this is what I do remember. I remember going home that night, lying in bed, and the, the best way to describe it is I just felt really clean. Uh, and even at that young age, I didn't even know what that meant. But so I knew God had done something inside of me at that point. So uh, I, I accepted Christ at that point. Over the next few years, like many people did, the, the church we attended didn't really have a discipleship program. I'm not throwing them under the bus because I made my own choices and decisions. But over the next 10 years, I kind of walked away from God. 
and uh, did my own thing for a number of years. Let's unpack that a little. What What do you mean walked away from God? Is God so remote that you can turn like he lives in Cleveland, Queensland, or in Zimbabwe? I mean, what do you mean turn? What does turn away from God mean? Well, yeah, that's a good question because, uh, yeah, I, I guess I'm being presumptuous in how people understand that phrase. Um, when I say I walked away from God, I just started living a selfish life with no consideration for the fact that God might want to be a part of my everyday life and, and the choices I make, the decisions I made, the places I went, the places I didn't go. Um, so that, that's kind of what I meant when I said I walked away from God. But let me also say that looking back now, um, even though I, quote, walked away from God, he never walked away from me. He was always there for And you were about 20 years old then? Uh, that would have been, yeah, about uh, 20. Yeah. Uh, then you find Sue, your beautiful wife, and you get married and you start having kids. You have five children. Now, you want, you have your religion. Sue has your religion. You want to raise your children one by one in that religion. But in this world here in Kansas, they're going to run into people who don't believe like you do. Mm -hmm. So your kids, you want them to believe, but you also want them to have independent faith, don't you? Yes. How, did, how does that work out for you as a parent? Well, for us, uh, and again, this might be different for everyone, for us, the way that that played out was uh, we, I say we, actually my wife, Sue, homeschooled each of our children. Um, and even that in itself is kind of interesting and kind of plays into your question because um, we home, she homeschooled each of our children to different places in their education. By that I mean to say our oldest child, our only daughter, was homeschooled up until sixth grade and then she enrolled in public school. Um, the, the son uh, underneath her was homeschooled all the way through, K through 12, and then the son under him was homeschooled till his senior year. Anyway, to, to, to different points. And the, the, the really cool thing about that is our, our second oldest son, who enrolled in public school his senior year, that was the only year he went to public school, and the way that that worked was he approached us the summer before his senior year and asked about going to public school for his senior year. So we asked him, well, uh, sure, if that's what you want to do, but can we ask why you want to do this? And his response was very telling. He said, well, I feel like this is my last opportunity to reach out to some of my friends and share Jesus with them. And within the first two weeks of the school year, he started a Bible school, uh, excuse me, a Bible study at our home on Monday evenings on his senior year. So he started having this Bible study on Mondays, and Sue and I were just honestly very amazed because there was 15 to 20 people coming every week. All we did was make nachos and brownies, and that was it. And then we stepped back, and him and another young man actually led the Bible study, and so that was very impressive to uh, uh, his mom and me uh, <laughs> because uh, he, he, was, uh, he made good on his reason for wanting to go to school his senior year. Have you processed what the next stage of your life might look like? I have. Uh, honestly, Bob, uh, I was at a place about three years ago where I was uh, kind of looking at what 
retirement was going to look like for me as it re- as it related to ministry. You know, as, as since I am a pastor, um, I I think I had kind of subtly fallen into this mindset of riding off into the sunset. I didn't realize how much it had actually affected uh, my my approach to ministry at the time. And then, long story short, a couple of our sons came back to the church here to begin helping us. God really began to to move in the church at that time. I don't know what that means. God began to bring uh, people into the church. Uh, this is a small community, about 2,000 people or less. It, I love Wellsville, Kansas. 2,000 people. By the way, this is airing on the 12th of April, so Easter Sunday will be next week will be five days from now correct so everybody who's living in kansas city and lecompton and emporia my goodness if they don't have a place they can go to the family church absolutely is that absolutely. the name of it a family church family church of wellsville did you name that or is that sue's job it, actually the name used to be wellsville family worship center so we felt like that was kind of wordy and uh, as we went through this rebranding process a, a few years ago when our sons came back to begin helping us. That was one of the things we decided to do was just kind of shorten the name of the church um, and still remain true to the mission of the church as far as uh, reaching, wanting to reach families in our community. I'm 66. Uh, this July, I'll be able to start drawing my full Social Security. And so uh, I got that to look forward to. As, as God began to stir my heart, and we started seeing new people and new families start coming to the church, I really began to realize that, you know, maybe God's not finished with me yet. And then I read this article, and I I wish I could remember who it was, but they were talking about the most productive years of your life. And this this absolutely stunned me because I had no idea. But according to this research, the most productive years of your life are between 60 and 70. And, and and the second most productive are 70 to 80. And then, of course, the third is, I think, 50 to 60. But th- that window there, I never would have thought that, that that would be the case. We've been brainwashed to think it's 20 to 30. Exactly, exactly. That's the prime of yes, our lives. Yes, yes. But it's not. It's it, your age and my yes, age. Yes. Uh, but anyway, so, but, but when you think about it, I, you know, you know, when you get this much experience, I do see how you can be more productive because even though you might be busy, because of your experience, you can manage those things in a way that allows you to be more productive. Uh, let me ask, Curtis, what gives you pleasure and joy on a regular day? I, I think when I just kind of look at um, what God has done uh in my marriage, in my family, our children, and our grandchildren. Anything else you want to tell us? Uh, I, I would like to just say this. Um, Bob, I've known you for, for many, many years. When I first met you, I was at a place in my life where I, I, had, I had come back to the Lord and uh, was very new in, in you know, coming back to the Lord, but I was, I was not doing the things that I should have been doing. I started going to the mustard seed uh, in Lawrence at that time, which you were a a vital part of. And uh, you and uh, Nick Willems, who was the other lead elder uh, at the church at the time, I kind and at the time I didn't view it this way, but looking back on it, John, when he described Jesus, he said that he came full of grace and truth. 
Um, Bob, you were truth, and Nick was grace. And I don't think I've ever told you this before, but but you know you were you held me accountable, whether you realize it or not. In fact, there were times like I I was uncomfortable being around you because I knew the lifestyle I was living was not pleasing to God. And I kind of felt like you were seeing right through me at the time. Again, you probably don't even realize this, but as I look back on it, God used you in a very powerful way to impart the truth aspect of his word. And Jesus was both. And Jesus was both. <laughs> and uh, But anyway, that, uh, that really helped me through that time. Both of you together, combined together, two sides of the same coin, uh, were very instrumental in my eventually getting straightened out, going to Bible school, training for ministry, and bringing me to the place that I'm at now. Thanks so much for being on the Bob's Your Uncle podcast. My pleasure. Every week, we will read a verse or two from the number one bestseller of nonfiction, the Bible. Curtis cited it a moment ago from John chapter 1. Torah came from Moses, grace and truth through Jesus the Messiah. Don't forget to post a review on iTunes or Spotify, wherever you're listening, and share our podcast with your mates, your friends, everybody. Thanks for helping us get known out there. And please follow the podcast, and that way your podcast app will notify you of the next episode. Don't forget to book all your travel needs with Amanda McGinnis at travelpartners.com.au. Next week, another great guest during my trip to Kansas and Missouri. Don't miss it. Until then, from me, Bob Mendelson, when things seem bleak or uncertain, look up to God. He's in his heaven. And Bob's your uncle. Shalom from Sydney.